What a week. What a weekend. If I look tired, that's because, of course, I was in Las Vegas and I am tired. However, the spirit is high. We are doing this thing. Marcus Moser, I was going to say, welcome into the game day podcast, but we are, we got a name change. We got draft. We got scheduling. Like there's a ton football wise, pod wise that we got to dive into. Absolutely. It's going to, it's going to be a crazy uh, new show. Not, not necessarily a new show, right? A new branding of the show. Same great content. So make sure you guys are tuning in. To take, to tell, take everybody behind the scenes, we've been trying to come up with like just the right name. And we think we've got it. We've got a new look. We've got a giveaway. Uh, told me we're going to do a $500 giveaway uh, next week. So if you guys want to tune into that, obviously you want to tune into that because mm-hmm. that's a really big deal. The, the pod itself, uh, gambling content, football content. Of course, Marcus and I love to give the future pick, which I think is becoming kind of an MMA section, yeah. but we look more than that. NBA, golf, you name it. Really, really excited. And a reminder, guys, check us out uh, wherever you get your podcast, uh, Spotify, Apple, everything else. Subscribe, share, $500 giveaway. You do not want to miss it. So, Marcus, a little thing happened called the NFL Draft. We've got all sorts of things that we're going to dive into, superlatives. We are um, debuting a new segment that is near and dear to me called How Many Beers. We will get <laughs> to that. But before we dive into this stuff, draft, how did it feel? How are, How is your energy level, most importantly? Uh, it was great. Uh, I'm feeling fantastic. I think the best part about the draft, Adam, we're going to get into it. It's like, what, five hours before the draft was set to kick off. We just got a bombshell from Adam Schefter talking about Aaron Rodgers, and it just kicked off a fantastic week of moves and trades and draft picks, and I'm really excited to break it all down. The Aaron Rodgers stuff is amazing. Like, it is amazing yeah. content, and it is evolving like every hour, it seems like there's tidbits to this. So I'm interested to get your thoughts. Uh, you're right. Like it, 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 that sort of consumed the pre-draft. Like usually I get those pre-draft jitters and I think Twitter didn't know what, how to handle this thing because that news broke. It was perfectly timed. Oh, by the way, I do love Aaron Rodgers kind of saying, you know, I, I don't know how this, I'm really disappointed that sure. this got out. Uh, <laughs> how We don't know who keeps doing this. Like that's the vibe I got. Um, so I'm, that was obviously entertaining. And then the draft itself, um, I'll, we'll get into what you liked and what you didn't, but what were your kind of themes and takeaways? We thought the draft would look a certain way. Kudos to you, by the way, for nailing the number three pick to San Francisco. You could have strayed along the way back when it was crazy. And back when, by the way, people could have made really good money mm-hmm. following your mock draft. What were your draft takeaways as a whole? I, I really like the teams that were aggressive in this draft. I think teams that have a plan and executed it are going to get, you know, the highest marks for me. That includes the 49ers, your New York Jets, who we're going to talk about in a little bit, and, of course, the Chicago yes. Bears. So the teams that were aggressive and made picks to fill very, very important needs, I absolutely loved. All right, so let's get into it. Let's get into, our, uh, you know, the draft superlatives, and let's just start. You mentioned the New York Jets. I'm feeling pretty good, Marcus. I am. But who was your best – who had the best overall draft in your eyes? I do think the Jets are one of the best ones. I'm not saying that just to stroke your ego and make you happy a little bit here. uh, Go ahead. But I I did love the trade-up for Elijah Vera Tucker. I thought that was fantastic. The Elijah Moore pick, we can get into it a little bit. One of my favorites in the draft. I thought Cleveland absolutely nailed this draft. You know, we're used to the Browns drafting – inside the top five, if not at number one. So them picking late in the first round is unusual to us. Uh, But they grabbed Greg Newsom, a cornerback from Northwestern, who just fits in so perfectly with that defense. He'll be a great cornerback opposite of Denzel Ward. 
and then trading up in the second round and getting Jeremiah Owusu-Koromora, a linebacker safety hybrid player that played at about 205 pounds last year, one of the best coverage players I've ever seen. Grabbing those guys on top of signing like Jadavion Clowney this offseason, uh, I just think the Browns crushed it. You know, I'm going to give the Bears some love, and I think the Jets crushed it as well. To make the move for Justin Fields, I thought was awesome and fun and bold. You get a really good offensive lineman in Jenkins in the second round. I really like Khalil Herbert, yeah. uh, who they got from Virginia Tech late. I just thought it was a mix of kind of splash and value. And I'm, uh, it's, it's funny, Mark, <laughs> true story. I'm sitting, watch much of the draft. I'm, I'm sitting at the three-card poker table, okay? And I've got the draft in front of me. And as the bears are picking, I'm watching my cards, I'm, my, my leg, the text messages are, my leg is mm -hmm. pulsating. Of course you can't have your phone at the table. So I knew things were happening with the bears. I thought that was really neat. I, I again, I know fields. It's an interesting discussion. I know your evaluation on them. You're quite high on them. I just really love the boldness. And then I liked how they backfilled it. I thought those first two picks were outstanding. How long before Justin Fields is the best quarterback in the division, Adam? I, yeah, it depends. <laughs> well, the, that's an interesting one too, given who's there. Um, I just, you know, the fact that he gets to go get a mulligan, so he hopes, yeah. and go gets Fields, I think is fascinating. And I'm interested to see how long he's going to be accompanied, like as part of this equation. I'm talking about pace. Mm -hmm. But still, that's a, what a QB room that is. What a yeah. wild QB room. What an interesting scene. I just really liked what they did beyond that. All right, let's go to the opposite side of this. The worst overall draft. Marcus, I'm just going to start. Like, I get that the Raiders, it wasn't all bad. Okay. But that Alex Leatherwood pick, to me, was was bad with all the players they had on the board. I just feel like they, they, they have this mindset, and they can't escape from it. I didn't love a lot of the things that they did, and it really got off of the bad foot in my eyes with Leatherwood going that early. I guess I'll – uh, I'll fight back on that one a little bit because I kind of like the Leatherwood pick a little bit. We know that John Gruden and Mike Mayock love drafting Alabama players because they deem them pretty safe. They drafted a, a, an Alabama player in the first round and now three consecutive drafts. I think Alex Leatherwood, when you consider all the starts that he has at guard and tackle in the SEC, combined with his long arms and his athleticism and the fact that he played last year, went to the senior bowl and was healthy – I don't think it's all that bad of a pick. I think he's going to be a fantastic right tackle. Was it maybe five, six spots too high? Maybe, but I know. And maybe that's my, yeah. maybe that's probably more of my concern. That's very Raiders E. I, I just don't think they care. Not... They just want to get the best players. And I think, you know, I think the Ravens had interest in Alex Leatherwood. I think the Packers had interest. I think a lot of the smart teams at the end of the first round really liked him. So I, I don't, I don't think it's an awful pick. I really don't. Okay, what about your worst class then, I guess? Who, who in your eyes was the worst? I think Pittsburgh had the worst draft. Um, drafting a running back at number 24, Najee Harris, even though I like Harris, it just felt like you needed to go elsewhere. That offensive line, I think, is maybe the worst in football. And then in the second round, taking Pat Fryermuth, a tight end from Penn State, who I like, but he's never going to be a top 10 tight end in the NFL. He's just kind of sluggish. I thought Pittsburgh ignored their offensive line too much. They had too many holes on defense that they lost in free agency. Uh, I just think overdrafting that running back at number 24 is going to set them back. Um, I agree. It was such a predictable pick. It was the mock draft mm -hmm. pick that everybody got. They just, they have this mold and style that they just adhere to and it works sometimes and it doesn't, but it did feel very predictable. Let's move on to individual picks. What was your favorite pick of the draft? 
Eli- Do it. Elijah Moore going to the New York Jets in the second round. I I think he was closer to being the third receiver in this class than the fifth receiver, right? I, we saw Rashad Bateman go at the end of the first round. I don't think that the difference between like Devontae Smith and Waddle and Elijah Moore is all that great. And now you put him in this Jeff, Jets offense where he's going to be able to operate in the slot, play in the backfield. I, I know I've said it on the podcast before, but Elijah Moore led the SEC in receiving yards per game last year, not Devontae Smith on top of the production, just a phenomenal athlete. I love, love Elijah Moore in New York. I was surprised, Marcus. I was pleasantly surprised. I thought they would go defense there because, of course, you went offense. I mean, they went offensive crazy and then, of course, loaded up with secondary players. I'm going to go with kind of an obvious one, but Rashawn Slater to San Diego or – Dang it. I'm going to do that until the end of time. Los Angeles. That's a great it one. Is the obvious pick. It's the right pick. You're, you're doing what you do. Well, he fell to a pretty good spot because mm-hmm. of all the quarterbacks and the wide receivers. I think he's really, really talented. I just say, uh, almost did it again. Los Angeles approach this entire off season has been very straightforward. Mm-hmm. I thought they nailed that. Actually, Asante Samuel uh, Jr. I like as well, but I just like that because they didn't have to really get all creative with it. There was a great player there. Protect your own quarterback. I just thought it fit perfectly. Right. Chargers, the one word that keeps coming back to me is clarity, right? They knew they needed to improve their offensive line. So what did they do in the offseason? They signed Corey Lindsley, an all-pro center. They brought in Matt Filer. They sat at 12, and Rashawn Slater fell into their laps. Don't think, Adam, that I didn't peek at the divisional odds for the Chargers after they made that pick because <laughs> uh, I, I agree. I think that's one of the best picks in the draft. I just have to start saying Chargers. And yeah, not there you go. This is a boy all together. Yes. I don't know. Vegas has taken to me more from the Raiders, obviously, for pretty obvious reasons, mm-hmm. I think. But um, what about worst pick? All right. I'm going to – I'll kick this off. The Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. – I, I don't think Stokes is a bad player late in the, the first round. But to not take a wide receiver again, yeah. to, to do this to your quarterback publicly, at this point it's hilarious, Marcus, to not take a wide receiver – to not put an Elijah Moore in that offense, regardless of who your quarterback is, it is so blatant. I agree. Like disrespect that it's at this point, it's it's comical. To me, that's the worst thing that they did is that, yes, once again, they decided not to invest in Aaron Rodgers in that offense early on. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with that. Again, I like Eric Stokes. I even think they overdrafted him a me little too. bit. Uh, but again, with Elijah Moore sitting right there, he would have fit perfectly in the slot with Devontae Adams in the outside. How do you not make that pick? I don't get it. I'll give you one more. I really like Travis Etienne, the running back from Clemson. But Jacksonville, what are you doing drafting him bad. at 25? Like you already have a guy that was excellent last year in James Robinson on an undrafted rookie free agent contract. You're paying him peanuts. Why spend the 25th pick on another running back, especially when you're not ready to compete? By the time that Jacksonville team is actually ready to compete in the AFC, ETN's contract is going to be up and he's just, it's not that valuable of a player. Go fix your offensive line, work on grabbing more pass rushers. I didn't like that pick at all. You know, I'm, I'm so conflicted on that. I'm glad you brought it up because that would probably be number two for me. I love the player. I've covered mm-hmm. the player. I think he's phenomenal. Yeah, he's fantastic. I, I think, I think the strategy of pairing him up with this quarterback, it's so urban Meyer and this mm-hmm. is what he's going to do. Culture vibe. He's going to try and inject this to the NFL. And I think it's going to fail, frankly. You Robinson was a star last year. Yeah. Like Robinson is a star. And this is a position that you found gold in not drafting early. 
to go counter that strategy, frankly, is is baffling. But this is what Urban's going to do. And, you know, I'm curious to see how they use him. I think there's some fun to be found in here, but that pick is so valuable. I don't like it. I I think you could have supported this team, this quarterback, this defense, whatever, in other ways. Yeah, in hindsight, too, look at that Jacksonville trade with the Rams to give up Jalen Ramsey. They got out of it. Caleb on chase on a defensive end who really struggled last year and Travis Etienne. Like that was the haul that you got from your all pro cornerback. Don't love it. Don't love it either. All right. And then steal of the draft. Give me a guy or two that you really liked where they fell. I really liked Jabril Cox, a linebacker from LSU. I think he was maybe the best coverage linebacker in this draft. He fell into the Dallas Cowboys all the way in the fourth round. Wouldn't surprise me, Adam, if he actually turns out to be a better player in the NFL than who the Cowboys drafted at number 12 in Micah Parsons, just because coverage is king in the NFL. If you can cover, you're going to stay on the field. I think the Cowboys getting Cox in the fourth round was unbelievable. You know, I'll go to Kansas City because I, when I think steel, I think fit. Mm-hmm. And I think a guy like Cornell Powell from Clemson going to Kansas City is an awesome move. A completely different type of player than they have. Actually, Noah Gray, the tight end from Duke, yeah, also on. awesome. I, I think these are guys that – the Powell reminds me a little bit, Marcus, of like Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yes, A yes. physical, physical rarity – I watched that dude actually standing next to that dude is, is pretty crazy. He is a monster. I just think for what that offense does and will need, I think he has an interesting fit there. I'm not sure. I don't think we talked about much of him pre-draft process. What were your thoughts on him? And, and I guess the fit at Kansas city. Yeah. I mean, they have a need for a bigger outside receiver with only really having Tyree kill and Nicole Harmon on that roster. But I actually thought you were going to go in a different direction with the Chiefs. I thought Creed Humphrey in the second round was a phenomenal yeah. pick, right? I really easily could have, you know, saw a situation where he went late first round, maybe to the Steelers, maybe to the Packers. He was the best offensive lineman that I saw at the Senior Bowl. You plug him into that lineup that needed to, to, to rebuild their offensive line. I, I just love that fit for Kansas City. All right. There's a lot more to get into. And I guess let's let's keep going. Uh, and get to one of my favorite segments. It's going to be loaded this year. Fill in the blank. It's going to be loaded this week. Uh, I say year because there's a question at the back end of this that I'm really interested to get your uh-huh. thoughts on. I know you've already been looking ahead to the draft. So fill in the blank, of course. I'll read it out. We'll jump to you. We'll get your thoughts. And we'll start with the topic du jour that is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a blank next year. A Las Vegas Raider. I know there's rumors out there about the Denver Broncos potentially bringing him in. But when I think of Aaron Rodgers in this next stop, I'm thinking about him in a dome playing behind a team with a good offensive line with a bunch of speed at receiver. We know John Gruden has been fascinated by Aaron Rodgers forever. I think they would give up the farm to go get him. Putting him inside a dome for 12, 13 games a year would be so much fun. I think he's actually going to be a Raider uh, sooner rather than later. Let me hijack that's good. Pull that off, by the way. Not easy to get off the the tongue. Let me let me hijack this a bit. He's gone, right? Yeah, without I mean, a doubt. it feels this feels like un- unrepairable. Yeah. W- would you agree? Yeah, he's so he's not. He has a better chance of being the full time Jeopardy host than the Packers quarterback here. I was I was gonna. You just stole my thunder. Oh, man, I was I'm gonna say Jeopardy host. Uh, I do think Denver's got some pieces. That's probably where I'd go. Uh, that's sort of the obvious one. I believe they're the odds on yep. favorite as well right now, but. I think Jeopardy host, the, the part about this that's so fascinating to me is it seems genuine. 
Yeah. This uh, I saw a report before we came on conversation with chats comparing, you know, the GM situation to Jerry Krause, mm -hmm. which actually, frankly, kind of fits. And I was with my family. Of course, they're from Wisconsin. And I'm, I'm curious with the different viewpoints on this, what people think. Of course, I think people in Wisconsin are, are tired of Aaron Rodgers. To me, I think that organization has let them down. I yes, agree. you've got prima donna nature here. That's the that's the gig. Yeah. When you have a franchise quarterback, that's what it is. So I am curious to see where that goes. Let's stay in the division. I think this is a complicated one. Blank will be the Bears' starting quarterback in 2021. It has to be Justin Fields, right? Matt Nagy knows his only way to saving that job in Chicago is if Justin Fields end up, ends up becoming a franchise quarterback. They're they're not going anywhere with Andy Dalton. They're not going anywhere with Nick Foles. Just put Justin Fields onto the field. Let him take his lumps early in the season. And maybe by the second half of the year, he's playing fantastic. I, I just – I can't see how Andy Dalton is your starting quarterback in week one. I, I just don't see it. I think all three of them will be a starting quarterback at some point. This organization is incompetent. <laughs> it's incompetent. This is – these are people that should have been fired. Yep. Justin Fields will play. I think Andy Dalton will start the season. For, in my opinion. So Justin Fields will play. Andy Dalton is the guy out of the gate. You, do you agree with that? No, I, I don't agree with the philosophy of it. No, I don't. But I think, no, that, I, it, <laughs> but I, I, yes. I wouldn't be surprised if you were correct. That, that's, uh, that's just typical Matt Nagy rhyme pace, you know, things. So it's what they do. Speaking of incompetence, Tim Tebow <laughs> back in the NFL is hilarious because he should have been a tight end, what, 10 years ago. And for him to finally, uh, be open to it at what is he 33 34 years old now uh, it's a great story it's fun it's just not happening it's sad okay yeah. it, the, the, it I'm a Mets fan too I'm a Jets fan Tim Tebow has infiltrated every part of my life I'm I'm done I am done with Tim Tebow I, I think it's cute this is again Urban Meyer doing Urban Meyer things is this actually going to happen no there's no chance okay. right I think it was, I, to be honest, I think this is just Urban doing a solid first guy, right? I think Tim Tebow wanted to work out with the team, and I think he did early on in April. I think they let this report get out, but I don't think anything ever is going to come of it. I don't think so either, but I don't put anything past it at this point. Uh, Mike McGlinchey comes out and says that Trey Lance and Garoppolo are both his guys. So I ask you, McGlinchey comments that both Lance and Garoppolo uh, are our guy, our blank. Political, right? He's just not trying to upset anybody right now. I think he knows the writing is on the wall for Jimmy Garoppolo, but Jimmy's probably going to be the starting quarterback, you know, in week one. So I think he's he's trying to ride the fence a little bit and I don't blame him, but he's got to know what's, what's eventually coming to Jimmy G. He's correct right yeah. now is that they're both their guy. This seems like it's a situation that's going to play out. Jimmy G will play if he plays poorly or he gets hurt and injuries have been a problem. Trey will be in, mm -hmm. you know, that quarterback, I, I thought Garoppolo's comments, by the way, were very like professional. Yeah. And yep. it's of course, like you see quarterback situations all over the place, how delicate they are. This one actually seems like it, it's going to work out. Like at least publicly, I thought Jimmy G was excellent in kind of his support for Trey Lance. So last but not least, it's draft season, baby. 2022 draft season. The number one pick in the 2022 draft will be Spencer Rattler to the Houston Texans. So my latest uh, 2022 mock is now out on the game day. Please go check that out. A full third, you know, full first round mock 
explanations on every single pick for every single team. Rattler's just the most gifted quarterback in this class. I think he's going to put up like video game-like numbers with Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma this year. He just incredibly talented. He's, he, he's a wild character, a wild personality, but he is so incredibly talented. So that is my answer as well. Interesting. Aren't the, if you like watching footballs just th- thrown beautifully, watch Spencer mm-hmm. Rattler. The ball comes out of his hand. It is majestic. It was interesting last year. There were moments where you'd watch 10 throws and all 10 would be works of art. Yeah. Yep. And then there were moments where he struggled. I think physically and in that system, he's like you said, is probably going to be a, certainly, I think a Heisman favorite. I think he's going to mature. Uh, I think he's great. If, if defense is your flavor, because of course we're going to talk Sam Howell and Rattler came on Thibodeau has to be one of the most exciting mm-hmm. defensive prospects. Where did he go in your, in your mock uh, draft? He went at number five and you can convince me that he could go earlier. This is again, one of like the miles Garrett, uh, Chase Young type of defensive ends. It just happened to work out where a couple quarterbacks went ahead of him. The other other defensive guy I want to mention, Derek Stingley, cornerback from yeah. LSU. Had a little bit of a down year in 2020, but so did basically everybody at LSU. I think he's going to bounce back with a huge 2021 season. Ridiculous talent. Guy I've covered, guy I've done a story on. I remember talking to his dad. Of course, he's got a really interesting um, football life when you look at his grandfather paralysis and everything else I think he has a chance I think injuries last year were a big problem yep. uh, from what you know from what was public and what I was told I remember that pl- the uh, play against Alabama where Devontae Smith just went up yeah. and it came up with that kind of just ridiculous catch I think he has a chance to go number one let's let's lean into this a little bit of course because uh, the quarterbacks are the thing mm-hmm. What, what other quarterbacks are intrigued me? Because it's not necessarily, this is not the Trevor Lawrence situation, but look, the last two years we've had Joe Burrow, we've had Zach Wilson. Neither of these guys were fixtures in anyone's mock drafts at this point. So who else are you looking at beyond the obvious, which is Rattler and I'm right there with you. Yeah, Sam Howell from North Carolina is very intriguing. I think he has a very good chance to go at number one. After that, Adam, it's, Man, we've got a lot of interesting names. Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati could have came out this year, decided yep. to go back to school. Uh, Malik Willis, a quarterback from Liberty that had almost a thousand rushing yards last <laughs> year. Uh, I, I really like him. I think he's a potentially mid-round quarterback. JT Daniels at Georgia wouldn't surpri- surprise me if he fits into the first round. Uh, it's, it's a very interesting quarterback class after the top two. Uh, it's pretty good. I, I don't mind it. Yes, Lovis is another yep. one from USC. I think that's going to be fun. You mentioned Willis. Like, this is Hugh Freeze, and mm-hmm. I, it, it will be an interesting. I guess we're more accepting of small, small school quarterbacks. That's a guy that at times I thought was electric last year yep. in terms of playing style. So I think, again, the quarterbacks were the theme. Marks, I don't see how that's not the case moving forward. I would, who, it's just going to be the way it is, right? Even if we don't love the class or we, we think the class is going to be different. And, and I think next year we're going to have a ton of teams, again, that need quarterbacks, right? I, I In my mock, I have the Houston Texans picking at number one because I have no idea what's going to happen to Deshaun Watson. You have, obviously, the Detroit Lions, the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll see about, like, the Saints and the Eagles and Giants. Uh, it's it's another year where we're going to see a lot of teams kind of jockeying to get one of those top three or four quarterbacks. I can't wait. College season two is coming, man. You know, that's where I, I hit stride. We all hit stride. Draft season is here. Um, okay. Very excited about this. The debut of a new segment, how many beers? Now, a little background on this. On Twitter, 
uh, both Marcus and I are on Twitter, of course. And Marcus, you've, you've seen this stuff. <laughs> I, I think probably about a year ago, it was kind of the, I'd see a task. I'd be like, you know, how many beers will this take to put together this shed or put together this kid's toy or mow this lawn, do this lawn work, whatever. Homeowners, right? Over we we, we got to do all these largely, jobs. Yeah. It's, it's largely dad related stuff. Yep. It's homeowner related stuff. And it's, it's, it's fun. Now, Marcus, over the last like two months, I'm getting these every day, like every, it feels like every hour, here's a play kitchen for my uh, daughter's birthday. Yep. How, how hard yep. is this to put together? So we're, we're in the spirit of how many beers. And here's the thing about these questions. This is in the eye of the beholder. Okay. Like for me, if somebody asked me to do a plumbing work, it would be an infinite amount of beers. If, if somebody asked me to maybe put in a recessed lighting, it's not going to go well. But if you're asking me to, you know, hang a TV or do something that's in my wheelhouse, I get it. Got so it. you and I are going to have a difference here. Here's what we want from you guys listening. Send us your questions. They can be football related, sports related. They can be life related. Send us your pictures of how many beers. I know right now, Marcus, mulching is very popular. Yeah, how yeah. many beers category in my, in the feed. So send it to it, you know, at the game day NFL. We really want to see what you guys have. So this week in our debut edition, of course, we are keeping it draft centric and football centric to the to fix the Aaron Rodgers situation is how many beers you mean how many cases of beers <laughs> because I don't know if this one's fixable I how how can the Packers recover from this because you either trade him and now you your team isn't a contending team with Jordan Love you're irrelevant in the NFC or you keep a disgruntled Aaron Rodgers, or he retires. I, there's just no good situation here. So I don't think the number of beers really matters, Adam. You know, I wrote one through 10, like in our doc, like, but, but the more I thought about this and hearing you talk, 10 beers will not fix no, the Aaron Rodgers no, no, no. situation. This is an, an, an ungodly amount of beer. And then losing your franchise quarterback, coming off an MVP season, the amount of beers that are going to be consumed in green Bay, of course, we're a big spotted cow fan. If we got dive into what kind of beers it is, it is infinite. Mm -hmm. It's going to be hard to top the total number of beers taken when it comes to this particular question, because I think green Bay has just boxed themselves in the corner. I'm not sure there is a beer total that fixes this. And this is like right. over the course of like 30 or 40 years, because you know, Packer yes. fans are going to be talking about this all the time. Well, what if we would have drafted a receiver instead of Jordan love? How many, how many more NFC championship games do you think we would have gotten to? So this is, this is a lifelong amount of beers. So the next one is very interesting. And here's where how many beers evolves. I believe this was a gaffe. Okay, mm -hmm. to clean up the Bengals draft gaff, how many beers? Now, I want to paint this picture. I think I think Jamar Chase is an amazing player. I think reuniting him with Joe Burrow is incredibly fun. I am happy for Chase. I'm happy for Burrow. Again, team unity. But to not invest that pick in Penny Sewell or Rashawn Slater is malpractice. This is not an infinite amount of beers, Marcus, but this is an eight beer Ooh, gaff, okay. in my opinion. This is a this is a problem. That picture of Joe Burrow sitting down in that new uniform and looking at that scar down his knee, if you've seen that, mm -hmm. okay, I why not invest in something that can keep that man upright? I get the allure of the talent. Eight beers for me. This is a, and, and not just eight domestic beers. I'm talking middle of the road, 7.1% IPAs <laughs> that are going to do a number here. See, I think I disagree with you. This is just like a, a one or two beer afternoon, right? You just... 
Because I don't think their <laughs> offensive line is as bad as a lot of people make it seem. Right? They they signed Riley Reef as their right tackle this offseason. They have Jonah Williams, who they really like as their left tackle. The interior of their offensive line needs some work. They drafted Jackson Carmen in the second round. I think he's going to fill one of those spots. So you have a couple beers on a Saturday afternoon. Bring so, some guys. so these are celebratory right, beers right. in your eyes. Well, you're, you got you got a really yeah. good player in Jamar Chase. You just need to find one or two guys that can be competent inside. Have a couple beers as you're you're watching some tryouts of these veteran offensive linemen. It's not it's not that big of a deal. I don't know, man. Give me those IPs. <laughs> and that again, that scar. Oh my goodness. It's I mean, seriously, Rock. did you see that thing? I mean, God, I love me some Joey B. I want him healthy and upright, and I hope he is. And I'll say this: that offense with Higgins and Chase, that that could be fun if they can keep him uh, keep him on his feet. It's, it's, that's for sure. It's not even the worst offensive line in the division, though, Adam. I, I think Pittsburgh is, is worse, and they've got a much <laughs> older, much uh, less mobile quarterback to worry about. How many beers? Endless. All right, we got one more, and this one I like too. For Kirk Cousins to endure the Kellen Mond talk in 2021, how many beers? Do we think Kirk Cousins drinks beer? Just by the way, because he does, he doesn't really seem like a, he seems like a sweet tea kind of guy. Oh, that's a that's a great question. Like the, the white claw, yeah, like I think he's got a white into claw the guy. yeah. I think so too. Um, but white claws can do it. I mean, yeah, I think white in terms of they can get it. So, I guess for me on this one, it's a, he's going to need the white claws. He's going to have to invest in probably a twelve pack <laughs> because the highs are are okay. The highs yeah. with Kirk yeah. Cousins aren't even they that are. high, and the lows are low that that dude's a roller coaster so i think for him just the general perception on his being completely above average he lives he lives that above average life and he's made a lot of money doing it i don't think that's necessarily conducive for this now i will say this i don't think Kalamon is ready no so i think the talk especially for the first you know x a number of games is going to be eh minimal but when he does one of these Kirk Cousins weeks and throws three picks and is, you know, five for 14 in the first half or whatever it is, buddy, white claws are going to be out. Get the 12 or going, put them on <laughs> ice. Cause I think, I think it will start. I, I just don't know if he's going to be all that concerned with Kellen just because he was a late third round pick. It's not like the Vikings spent a first or second round pick on him. So I, I don't think he's going to be concerned, but he might be a couple of white claw on a Saturday just to, to take off the edge. I would love to know what he drinks. See, I could see him being maybe a bourbon neat guy. Maybe yeah, okay. he surprises us. Well, we need to find this out. Let's let's find this out before next week. What, what and, Kirk Cousins drinks? That could be another segment that we attach onto this. <laughs> this is the beauty of how many beers. And a reminder, guys, send us your requests. Send us your questions. Send us your pictures. We want this to be fun. They will not all be football. Uh, we want this to be whatever. It is. It is amazing. Like how many beers is a, is a mood, right? How many yeah. beers is a, is a lifestyle. And it does largely revolve around work projects. Marcus, I have seen some stuff oh. man, on Twitter for how many beers. And again, out, I am not at all handy. I am the opposite of handy. Yep. And the things that people will actually do, um, building a house, <laughs> you know, things like that, it, it blows me away. So my, my how many beers wheelhouse is largely putting together a toy for my kids, which usually takes more beers than it Yeah, should. I think for me, it's like mowing the, mowing the yard, cleaning the garage, you know, doing simple projects like that. But yeah, I agree. People send me some of the, the most incredible backyard setups and uh, pool situations that they have, and I'm always so jealous. <sighs> Can't wait. Love this segment. All right, before we wrap things up, actually, before we get to the future segment, 
any other takeaways on the draft that we didn't hit? Any other things that stand out? I know we hit Rodgers. We hit some of our favorite picks. Are there any other teams that you liked maybe what they did or you questioned what they did? Anything that reassessed, uh, like, for example, you know, Marcus, and I wrote about this on the game day this week. For me, you know, I got my Rams bet in. This yeah. Rodgers stuff yeah. has, has and, yeah. and maybe this is part of the future section, but I've got my Rams bet in after this Rodgers stuff. I said, hey, you and I have talked about that all offseason, those have been kind of our adopted teams. It's go time now for the Rams. So are there any other draft takeaways or even jumping into the futures now? Yeah, I mean, the the Rams adding Tutu Atwell is a lot of fun for my Matt Stafford oh, yeah. MVP bet that I made a few weeks ago. Uh, we didn't even talk about New England getting Mac Jones at 15. Um, it, it felt like, what, for a month there that Mac Jones was a lock to go number three. And it seemed like in the last, what was it, 24 hours we saw the odd shift. And then I don't think I've ever really seen somebody go from three to 15 outside of, you know, Aaron Rodgers like drops. And there wasn't really anybody interested in back Jones and even Adam, I'm, I'm not sure that's the best fit for back Jones because the arm isn't great. Uh, the first day he got to new England, he asked, is it always this windy up here? And they're like, uh, yeah, you're going you're gonna to be throwing in the wind and the rain and the snow. And I think that worried him a little bit. I, I don't know. I'm really curious to see how the Mac Jones thing plays out in New England. They, that was one of the saddest green room shots I've ever <laughs> seen, by the way. Okay. And, and all love and respect, because if you're waiting to get picked and you're sitting in a suit and you're just, it's been a long day, mm-hmm. it's been a long couple of months. I don't want to see what I would look like, but that green room shot of him just kind of chilling um, was, was fascinating. I, I have no idea what to make of that fit. I think the, you know, is there any Belichick magic left is the question. And if there is, is this the dude that will tap into it? I think that division Marcus is fascinating in terms of quarterbacks right now. When you look at Josh Allen, who right at this moment in time is light years better than anybody else in that division. We'll see what Zach Wilson is. I do have a Zach Wilson bet for you that I'm going to throw at you in a few. And then obviously two of what you have. Mm -hmm. And of course, new England, boy, the Bills right now are in a pretty good position, it feels like, to be pretty dominant next year. Yeah, and I like Buffalo's draft as well. They've just added to their defensive line with Gregory Rousseau in the first round, Carlos Basham. Uh, it's pretty clear the, that Sean McDermott and, and Brandon Bean know how they want to build this team. They just want to bully you up front on both the offensive and defensive line. That's a, that's a team that I really do think is going to hang, along for, hang around for a long time in the AFC. I agree, unfortunately. Um, okay, before we get into futures, Marcus, a quick three-card poker story. Now, I wrote about my Vegas experience on the game day, right? So I, I won money. I was up for the trip, which is rare. Three solid days. I did not win my derby bet. That's okay. Uh, I thought we had a pretty good run at Hot Rod Charlie. Great trip. The horse mm-hmm. just did not have enough down the stretch. That happens. Didn't bet a little UFC. UFC card was okay. This week's card is okay. Next week, we'll have some fun stuff to yeah. talk about. I'm getting ready to wind out. I got a super early flight Sunday. I'm sitting at the three card table. I have my buy-in. I've got, you know, a couple hundred bucks in chips and I've got some leftovers. And I say, all right, I'm going to take, shove it in my pocket. So at the very least this last, you know, this last run, I'll be even, I'm ready for bed. I got 50 bucks in chips. I said, you know what? I'm just going to throw them on the the pair plus. Are you familiar by the way with three card markets? Okay. Just pair plus. Now, I'm an obnoxious squeeze guy, too, by the way. It, people must hate me at the three-card table because I take my time. Queen, queen, all right? So I re, re, reassess and just a little pull, get that little side queen, three queens. Walk Ooh. off 
last hand of the trip, fifty dollars down, fifteen hundred. It was now the the lady next to me. She if she is listening, which I'm sure certain she is. <laughs> She knows that I was playing this, should I get up or down? I was like, ah, you know, I might, I might be leaving. And those would have been her cards. Oh, brutal. lady, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry for me at all, but I know what that feels like and it doesn't feel great. So that was my one. Did you at least buy her a drink or something as you were leaving? Um, no, I got out of there because I felt bad. I did tip the dealer. I did tip the dealer well, of course, because it was, it was a good week. I tip, you know, always want to tip your dealers, especially now. Um, but no, I, I, I skedaddled like, you know, three, she probably like, was cussing you out chips. the whole way home. <laughs> oh, I, I thought about that. Like on the flight, the next home, like, man, oh. I almost got up like three or four different times. It was like, ah, you'd hit a hand yep. and stay. Yep. So it was, it was a, that was fun. That was fantastic. So let's talk future. Now I've got one on, I want to get a bet. I want to throw at you that I wrote about this week on the game day. And I want to get your thoughts. Zach Wilson to throw for more than 3,851 yards. It's like 220 a game, right? We have the extra game in there. He's going to start. I like the over. I don't necessarily, th I think there'll be mistakes. You got to keep him healthy. Health and durability is a concern, but I think he's going to have a pretty long leash. And I think he has some good weapons and a good line. I think, he, I think that's doable. Yeah, so it's going to mess me up having to think about this as a 17-game schedule. I had to get the calculator out. So I did. I, I believe Baker Mayfield has the record for most passing touchdowns in a rookie season, which is 27. And he was just under the, the amount of yardage. And he was 37. So 220 yards a game. I could see it just because I, I think the Jets defense is going to be fine. I don't think it's going to be great. And I do think they're going to ask, okay. they're going to ask Wilson to throw a, a lot. So – what you're really betting on here, Adam, is health, right? Do you, health. Do you believe the Jets' offensive line will keep him upright for 17 games? That's the. That I think is so. The I, I think I, I think it's a decent bet. Okay, I I I invested in some of the futures. I also bet. Um, I'll say this, Marcus, I, and I'm interested in your thoughts. We've debated some Bengals things. Mm -hmm. I think they should have gone O line. You like the picket wide receiver? I, you know, they're getting a good player either way. The over under of six and a half wins that feels high to me still with burrow coming off this knee injury so this i i'm still on the under i can't say i don't think they're going to win two games i think burrow if he's healthy makes them competitive i still don't love that team what do you think of the six and a half the going under there yeah i would agree that that division just so competitive right because we know cleveland baltimore pittsburgh they're all going to win probably between eight and ten games at least it's pretty clear the Bengals are the fourth best team in that division I don't see what it would be. They'd have to go seven and 10. I don't yeah. see it. I don't see it. That's right. God, that's going to be so weird. Yeah. Just the seven and 10. Um, what else are you looking at? What other bets? What other things you got going on? I know you and I were, were doing NBA, but we did okay mm -hmm. yesterday with our NBA picks. So what else you you looking at this week? Yeah, we're getting really close to the NBA playoffs. So I'm starting to look at NBA finals, uh, you know, some of the odds there, championship odds. I'm going to look at the, the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Back-to-back -back wins against the Brooklyn Nets. They're at plus 350 to win the Eastern Conference this year. And there's some, you know, there's some post-hype value here because yes. the last two years they've been the favorites to come out of the East and they disappointed. I think when you talk about how healthy some of these other teams are or how, how not healthy they are, uh, I kind of like the Bucks. I think they're just the best combination of offense, defense that we have in the conference. So, Plus 350 is not all that bad. We we went our separate ways on that pick. 
uh, and you got me good. You got the best of me on that one yesterday, two in a row for the Bucks mm-hmm. uh, as well. So kudos to you. And I agree. I think the narrative with them is that they'll fold, but I don't think that ne- narrative is necessarily appropriate now. I think they're good. They're trending well at the right time too. Yeah, I think they're. What, I just think they're. What are your really Lakers well. vibes? Not Dude. good. Not. I mean, what, really, what really Lakers vibes. Really, really not good because LeBron looks like he tweaked his ankle again. Dennis Schroeder is out for the next two weeks with COVID stuff. The team just hasn't played together all year long, and it's very likely, Adam, that they either start with the Clippers in round one or they're forced to play in the play-in game. And I don't think they want that either. I, I know their odds are good, but I I would avoid Los Angeles right now. Me too. It, it doesn't feel particularly great. It's kind of a wait and see thing with the injuries. Um, Marcus, I am back on the golf yeah, betting go. wagon this week. We got a good stretch of golf coming up. Wells Fargo. I like John Rahm. I think he's due. He, he's, he's 10 to one. He's been always in the mix. Um, Abraham answer. I've got him as well down the board a little bit, 35 to one, just looking at some of the mm-hmm. updated odds and Corey Connors also 30 to one. I love, I'm, you know, I, I'm all for the chalk, but in that 30 to 35, it's been a good year. If you've been able to pick with when you look at new winners on the PGA tour and guys that are down the the board a little bit, I think have done quite well. So I'm I'm searching for that dog to finally cash. We've been close on that. We just haven't hit that one just see yet. you like to bet straight winners in, in golf. And see, that's just yes. it's too it's too risky and too scary for me. So I I I know I'm a sucker, but I bet top 20, right? To finish in the top 20. Patrick Reed at plus 120 to finish in the top 20 this week. I like that. I, I think he could do that. I I think it's very likely he finishes inside the top 10 this week. So that's by the way, pick. you've got me, you've got me pegged. I'm the three card poker guy. Yeah, I I'm know. looking for the three queens. I know. It's, like, You're looking for upside Abraham answers value, my right? three queens. Yeah, that's it. You, the, you want I'm the one bet that 30 to one. You want the one bet that's just gonna drastically change your bankroll. I'm just trying to build little wins on top of each other. <laughs> It's it's not not advised, but it is. <laughs> I can't help it. Golf is just the way I trend there. And and again, UFC this card, uh, it's tough, Marcus, because yep. it's come together late. They've had substitutions in. It actually doesn't look too bad. I think there's 12 fights, but we've got a, a pay per view coming up the following week with some interesting fights as well, which we will get to mm-hmm. back on the UFC bandwagon. All right, before we wrap up, any closing thoughts? We got NFL schedule coming up, right? We've got the the like the wheels will keep churning here as we move forward. Yeah, it's going to be a long time without football news for the next couple uh, months. But the good thing, Adam, I'm already into fantasy football drafts. I have one later tonight. I've been looking into futures bets. Holy We've got cow. mock drafts. Uh, so make sure you're tuned into the game day to uh, see all that good content coming up. Yeah, reminder, guys, $500 giveaway next week. We're going to relaunch the pod. Mm-hmm. Same great content, all gambling stuff. How many beers? But we got a new look. We've got a new name. We're really, really excited about that. So check that out. And a reminder, go to gamedata.com. See what offers our affiliates have. Subscribe, share. Uh, we really appreciate the support. And again, we're just getting started here, even though the NFL offseason uh, rolls forward. So uh, for Marcus Mosier, I'm Adam Craver. We will talk to you guys next week.